0: I'm Barry Finkel. I co host and produce Unhappy Hour with Matt Bellasai, and this is OPP.
1: Hi, bless everybody, and welcome to another episode of OPP. Other People's Podcasts is America's number one podcast discovery platform that highlights your favorite podcasters and the dope shows they created. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. Our special guest this episode is Barry Finkel, co-host and producer of the amazing podcast Unhappy Hour. Barry with main host Matt Bellasai and special guest, then about all things political, personal and cultural. Because as they say, nothing brings people together like good alcohol and good complaining. Facts. So without further ado, let me introduce you to the co-host and producer of Unhappy Hour, Barry Finkel. How are you?
0: Hey, you know I'm doing good <laughs> i'm I'm very grateful because uh, you let me bring my dog
1: oh yo, yo, of course so yo. If, if
0: there's any pitter patters in the background that is putty uh also a featured uh topic of conversation on unhappy hour um so it feels appropriate that he's here also so, he so keeps putty the puppy himself. putty the pup putty the pup Joe swagging on a thousand he is, he's a cutie
1: Yo, he's a, he's like perfect like New York size too mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. thirty pounds. Can yeah, 30 but not pounds, not but, but he's got like
1: like that big dog demeanor. Oh,
0: yes. Oh, yeah. He's very proportional.
1: Right. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Like his swag game is like Great Dane.
0: <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you. Wow. whoa, <laughs> Wow. That's that's big. That's big. Thank you.
1: Wait, wait. So wait, how'd you get Putty?
0: Oh, it's a rather long story, but basically I just adopted him. Okay. But the more romantic side of the story is that my boyfriend was like, hey, you want to volunteer at a dog shelter? There's this place you can walk dogs. And my friends and I went to walk dogs and he was the first dog. I think that I no, that's 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 not right. <laughs> he was not the first dog, but uh, my friends and I went one time and we met Putty and I like fell in love with him, but he had heartworm. So oh. he wasn't adoptable until he was like fully clear of heartworm and then and then fixed. Okay. And so I had to wait like a long time, and I would literally carry. So he has like no nuts. Adoption form. Oh no 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 nuts no nuts on those.
1: So when you, <laughs> no <laughs> nuts on those. No. Wait wait. So does no nuts mean like no he 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 has no sexual urges no.
0: No, he'll still hump every once in a while. Okay. But he doesn't not as bad as I couldn't adopt him until he was like fully clear of heartworm, and so I would carry around. The adoption form in my backpack and like finally persuaded the adoption place to like let me take him even before he was fixed and that I bring him back once he was cleared of heartworm and they let me do that and so I did have him with his balls for a month and that was not um something I'd experienced before
1: yeah (laughs) wait, uh, how did he change from balls to no balls
0: um not as humpy (laughs) didn't mark as much okay that was pretty much it he still is his own little self
1: because you're, you're originally not from the city. You're from Chicago, if I'm not mistaken.
0: Northern suburbs, yes.
1: Northern suburbs. Okay. So I wh-
0: respect the city limits. I love the city. I'm from a half hour north of the city. My dad is from the city. You could totally
1: rep Chicago. No, 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 no.
0: But I respect it too much. I know that I am from the suburbs.
1: Right. But I'm from the suburbs of Richmond. But I feel like, yo, yeah, I'm still Richmond. Like, where do I, Where did yeah, I kick it?
0: But isn't Richmond? I mean, Richmond's a smaller city, too, though, Oh, I mean, you I mean, know? well, yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, it's we're in Chicago. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but no, I I I love Chicago. I have a lot of Chicago pride.
1: I'm like, it's not, it's one I call it my favorite American city.
0: I would agree with that. Where
1: where like L A and New York don't feel like America at all. Like there's mm. nothing about them that have an American feel. Interesting. Like at all to them, they're more international, okay, more global cities yeah, yeah, yeah. versus like when you get out of New York, get out of L A, you get into like the real vibes of America, like four pickup trucks <laughs> and country music uh-huh. and like. I don't know what else what else describes America I don't know. Walmart's I
0: don't, oh boy all right well that's I, that's not Chicago
1: <laughs> wait whoa maybe maybe northern Chicago Northern Chicago yes
0: no, no it's not um what was but, your like
1: upbr- what was your life uh like up- growing up there
0: have you seen Mean Girls
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. of course that of course. was
0: based on my high school
1: but would you, oh really yeah so wait, that's my upbringing were you the nice girl or the mean girl no, I
0: was a nice girl. You were a nice girl? I, will, I, was, I went to Nutra High School, which isn't my upbringing. That's where I went to high school, but it was like 4,000 kids. So there's like not even really clicks because that's too large of a school to pay attention to all the popular kids. You know what I mean? Right, that's right, too right. Many, there's no homecoming king. I mean, there, what is that per grade? Much. Like 1,000 kids per grade? Yeah, my, I graduated in a class of 1,080.
1: Damn. Yeah. Did they have like separate graduations? Like no. Staggered?
0: No, no, but you know what they did? What? The women, this is a public school, mind you. Yeah. The girls had to wear white gowns, had to be shoulder or longer. It could not be above the knee. It could not be beige. It could be off-white. There could be no, like, that's Putty shaking in the background. Hey, Putty. Um, uh, There could be no, like, sparkly stones or anything. And all the guys wore white tuxes. And we handed, we were handed roses walking down the aisle
1: now of graduation. Who paid, who paid for the tuxes? Though?
0: We had to pay for the dresses. Oh, this and, is a wealthy area. Oh yeah, I mean yeah. It's, <laughs> it's
1: um, like this is this is code for, I lived in a wealthy area. Yeah, the tux- the tuxes the, the all could be rented.
0: <laughs> My dress was from Target online. And it was Fifty dollars. <laughs> um, no, it is it is a it's strange because I grew up in a suburb that was only 15 minutes away from the suburb that my parents live in and that I went to high school in. Uh, but that suburb, it was, it's their high school Niles North. i um, has something like one of the most diverse or like the most amount of languages spoken at a high school in the state of Illinois, something okay. like that, like a lot of different languages, a lot of it's a different socioeconomic classes at that school. Then I moved 15 minutes away to Glenview, which there's only like six streets of Glenview that go to the Nutria schools, yeah. and it is such a different experience. Like, so, I, okay, I told you a thousand and eighty. Yeah. Um, there were seven black students in that graduating. In a thousand and eighty? Yes. Damn. Two of them are twins. Those are my friends, Safi and. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Two of them were twins, and they lived
0: in Glenview. <laughs> um, and I mean, by no Glenview was like still upper middle class. Um, but it's like there is, uh variety even uh a spectrum of wealth even in upper middle class because it's like where i where i live and then where like the winneka kenilworth like richest of the rich in chicago mansions straight up servants like
1: like home alone wild. two style home alone one that's style also
0: filmed in that's Wilmette, which is like the nicer part of Wilmette. there's also
1: and that's what i think about when i yeah, think yeah, of like yeah. that's bougie chicago that one, they went kevin mccallister mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Did you get love because um, your name cool. was Barry Finkel? Like the flyest name ever?
0: Oh, thank you. Um, uh, I'll say, yeah, most people are like, oh, from Friends. Because I guess that was like Rachel's first husband. I don't really.
1: Wait, Rachel's first husband's name was Barry? Barry Finkel. No way. Yeah,
0: spelled different, but yeah.
1: Really? hmm Oh, shit. Yeah, Yo, you a legend.
0: Oh, yes. I, yeah, that, that was me. <laughs> that was me. Um, yeah, I know that. And uh, I used to growing up, you know, during like icebreaker games, I'd be like, my name's Barry Finkel. It rhymes with periwinkle. <laughs> and it's like, how many people do you know who have two names that rhyme with one word? And it was like, I guess no one, because no one's ever thought to do that. Yeah. I don't, um, yeah. I like my name. Can't,
1: you have an amazing name. Th- thank you. Like, so if you much. get married, you can't switch up. Oh,
0: absolutely not. No way. My name no. is Barry Finkel. Yeah, 100%.
1: Like, yo, you one of one. You an original. Mm-hmm. You friends. Oh, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Where does Barry come from?
0: Um, so in Jewish tradition, you name your child after someone who has passed away, and uh, you can use just the first letter of their name, yeah. which is a cheating situation. And so I'm named after my great grandma Bernice, and my dad did not want to call me Bernice, although I think I could have rocked Bernie. But
1: you I'm could have rocked Bernie. I could have rocked. Bernie's Bernie, cool.
0: But I have Barry.
1: Bernie Finkle. Yeah. Barry Finkle. just right? yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. And then my middle name, they really just like, they were like, yeah, this works, I guess. Elise is my middle name, which is okay. always spelled with an E. But they wanted to name me after my great uncle, Isaac.
1: So okay. So they were like,
0: we'll just throw an I on there.
1: I love the name Isaac.
0: Yeah, Isaac's great. But like, they really, they,
1: they just, really they, stretched I it. I mean, they just really made their own rules. Yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> they just named you what they wanted to yeah. name you.
0: But, uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that's my name. Finkel. Yeah, a, it was um, like Polish-Jewish uh after the holocaust grandpa uh, immigrated changed it to what does finkel, finkel, finkel mean Stein. finkel means sparkle Spark. steen is stone so i think like way 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 back in the day we were probably like gem cutters or jewelers okay okay um we were probably jewelers because that's like your last name was your occupation basically oh i didn't know like that. like smith
1: like because mm-hmm. you're a blacksmith yeah joe B- I don't
0: Don't quote me on this but i'm like <laughs> om- almost positive that i am right <laughs> i'm talking like wait like i would not be able to figure out who in my family at what point were they jewelers i know like as far back as like they l- worked in logging yeah uh, in poland but that's not where finkelstein finkelstein comes from
1: that being jewish is so fly i used to like <laughs> i used to host bar mitzvahs Oh, that's and so funny. Th- that was my introduction. <laughs> so growing up in the South, I had no Jewish connection like right, that. Right, right, right. Right. Like, I almost thought honestly that like like Hanukkah didn't exist. That it was kind of <laughs> like white people's Kwanzaa, like white people kind of evolved <laughs> and like got rid of it, <laughs> and like a and like Amazing. a handful of white people celebrate Hanukkah because I knew no one who celebrated it. Right. right. But it wasn't until I moved to New York City where I realized like oh like oh shit yeah y'all running things yeah, y'all out here. Like y'all are like legit like a community.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I didn't
1: know, and yeah. it wasn't until you know I had, I had a friend named uh, uh, Rachel, Jenny, and Rachel Eisenberg. I they, know they were them. twins. Just kidding. I don't. Oh, do you really? No, no. Oh, no. I just wanted they, to do that. They were twins. Oh nice. <laughs> Ironically, nice. Had, they were the a. black twins in yep, Chicago. In it, and the we had the Jewish twins. twins. Wow. That amazing. I had no idea were Jewish until I came to New York, and I was like, wow, like Jenny and Casey were t- Jewish. Who knew? Who knew? Is there like is there like different uh, uh like in America, is it even being a black American? There's like a difference between like the culture of a black American in the South versus a black American in Chicago versus a black American in and, in and LA and Watts, right? Like there's different uh, cultural differences, even though we're jointly mostly the same. Mm-hmm. Like what are the unique things about like Jewish culture that you notice from being in the Midwest Jewish culture versus like out west or out east? Is there any difference at all? It's
0: funny you should ask this. I was actually a double major in journalism and Jewish studies. Um, oh, word! At one point, wanted to be a rabbi. Uh, no, so I find not so much in terms of where you are. So not in, not like east coast, west coast, like. It's more um, what sect of Judaism, like reform versus conservative versus orthodox, has different traditions. And then uh, the biggest differences are, and these might be words you've never heard, which um, this one's most people have because of white people, but um, Ashkenazi, which is like Polish, Eastern European uh, people, Jewish people from Eastern Europe. And then there's um, Sephardic, which is North Africa and like Spain, some of France. And then uh, Mizrahi, which are, uh, like, from the Middle East. Okay. Um, so, like, those Jews have very, have, uh, like, have different traditions and different cultural things. So, like, things like rugelach and, like, Jewish patries, bagels, stuff like that. Those yeah. are typically Ashkenazi. Okay. So, like, any Jewish American is probably going to have some sort of connection to, like, Rugalach or something like that, which is like a Jewish patriot, because a lot of American Jews are Ashkenazi. Okay. But... That doesn't mean that like a Mizrahi Jewish person is going to have that same connection to that food. So it's more. This is getting more into like an anthropological, uh, cultural Yo, thing. Go, just go but in. it's uh, it's it's more. Um, I guess rather than like East Coast, West Coast, whatever, it's more like where your Jewish heritage is from. Gotcha. Those are the connections that you have, and those are the cultures. Otherwise, I'd just say like my Midwestern Jewish community, like is different from east coast jewish communities in the sense that like east coasts are different from midwesterners
1: yeah okay okay right right how did you turn did you always want to be involved in the media world or or how did you get involved in, in media
0: i got involved because i loved writing uh that was always my strong suit and i was looking when i went to college for like careers or a major really that i could pursue that had writing first and foremost. So I was between communications and culture or journalism. I really like journalism. Okay. And then I met a teacher through an ex-boyfriend of mine, and um, she was just this incredible woman, and she taught the like podcast classes basically and she would bring in producers from all over the country um from like really big shows ira glass at one point ended up skyping in with us um and i just like learned all about audio production through her and storytelling through audio and i loved it and it still was um was writing uh and i and yeah that's how i got into it where'd you go to school indiana university
1: that's right that's right that's right iu
0: hoosiers
1: yeah yo you ever seen that movie
0: Hoosiers. Yeah. Sadly, I actually have not. Stop. I know because people who go to IU, I mean, like obviously they should see Hoosiers, but the movie that everyone watches is. <gasps> it's not called Breakaway. It's called. Oh my gosh! Wait, I have to know. Oh my god. The, uh, it's a, a great, movie based on Indiana. Yeah, it's a great movie. It's about the Little Five Hundred, the like bike race that happens every year. It's like Dennis Quaid when he was a baby, basically. Oh, oh. my god it's not breakaway but it's something like that okay um and it's it's a great movie and it's all filmed on iu campus so i've seen that one
1: how how did new york get on your radar
0: um i so in that class that uh i had this amazing teacher and she would bring in producers from all over and she brought in soren wheeler who at the time was the senior editor i believe at radio lab okay and uh, he came to the class and he like taught us and we all got lunch and I just started like emailing him and asking him audio questions. And I went to New York over spring break one time and I was like, surprise, I'm here. And he was like, oh, I'm not. But here's Lynn Levy, who's an amazing producer at that time, was at Radiolab. And she also happened to um, do the internship program. So I applied uh, after meeting her and got an internship.
1: Now, now how long ago was this uh, that you got your first kind of break into the kind of podcasting audio industry?
0: It was five years. Five years yeah. ago. I like, moved 10 days after graduating uh, college.
1: Well, what is it like now seeing – obviously, five years ago and the audio podcasting space was very different than what it is like today. Uh, what do you think about like the change in the industry as a whole and the popularity that's, that's kind of taking place?
0: It's wild. I mean, like th- even thinking about the people – Ira Glass would not, I mean, maybe he would. I don't know his life. Ira Glass would not Skype into a college class at Indiana University at this time. But it just the access. It's not as accessible, I think, for younger producers trying to get into it. Like so much of how I made it besides doing good work was, you know, being able to meet people who were at the top of the game. Right. Uh And... I think that's a lot harder now and also the just the community when I came here it was New York Public Radio Club was big but like their meetings were manageable I hosted a public radio club meeting at my house like it was you know the largest group was probably like 50 people but usually it was smaller than that and like you went to it because you wanted to meet friends not because you were going to network necessarily and it's just it's very different now um but it's also exciting. I sound like I'm upset about it. It's, it's very exciting. Uh, and I like, there's, there's more jobs in it. Um, there's more opportunity, even if there's maybe not as much access to the same types of people that I was able to get access to early on. Um, but yeah, it's really changed. Um, so quickly, (laughs) like five years is not a long time.
1: Did you find it difficult to break into the industry at that time? Um,
0: so that's what I'm saying. It's not really because I had that access through those people. Like I interned at Radio Lab. I got close with a lot of those producers. I started babysitting a lot when I was freelancing. Yeah. I also was privileged enough where like my parents helped me out and I didn't have student loan debt. So like I, I by far was in a much more privileged position to be able to do things like intern and freelance and, you know, free um, babysit to make it, uh, to make it. But... Um, but, like, I was able to babysit for a lot of producers who I then ended up working for because they trusted me with their kids. And so they're going to trust me with their Your content. Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's just that was, like, my saying. <laughs> but, um, facts. 100% facts. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, yeah. So it's, like, and also Radio Lab is a very specific bubble i think in new york where like you you intern there and if they like you and if you're good they're gonna keep you in their circle and you like bounce around at wmyc so i went from radio lab to the brian lair show and did some daily news stuff where i was like oh no not again brian lair is an amazing person that team was amazing i never want to work in daily news again like i do not thrive on fear yeah Uh, like i don't like horror movies very much nope it just I don't thrive on adrenaline nope. and that's very much what daily news is. And I'm you? like I every day walking in with like heartbeat racing, like sweating profusely, I just can't do that. Anyway, left Brian Lair show, ended up back at Radio Lab freelancing, and then Jad tapped me to do more perfect, um, which was like their first spin-off. Yeah. And I was associate producer there too. So and then through them, I mean, when you have Radio Lab on your resume as an intern and a freelancer it's going to help you out. So I didn't I didn't really have difficulty breaking in um I think I would have a lot more trouble breaking in now uh, if I were like just out of school.
1: Yeah, totally. Um
0: but also the playing field I think is I don't know if it's more level, it's just a much bigger field. So it's not there are more opportunities to start at different companies whereas I feel like when I was getting out of college it was like okay, you either go to WYC if you're in New York or maybe NPR, the moth yeah, or yeah. story I'm going, like, to, I'm
1: going to the moth tonight. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. And, and now, you know, there's pineapple street media, there's gimlet, there's a bunch of smaller companies, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. So.
1: Barrett, we're going to a quick break. Cool. And we get back. We're going to get to your show on happy hour. Hey. Burroughs furniture is built for the way you live. You'll yeah, we back. Hi,
0: it's been so long. Been, I've missed you so it's been much. Forever, yo. Uh, all right, so Barry. Yes,
1: I want to get into uh, Unhappy Hour. So tell me about Unhappy Hour first. Tell me about the show.
0: Yeah, Unhappy Hour is a show where we bitch about all the things we love to hate every single week. And I'm your host, Matt Bellisite. No, That's just the, <laughs> that's how we open every show. Um, so it, it's a it's a show about complaining because we think that you know complaining you can get to um to more positivity through the negativity. It's hosted by Matt Bellasite, who's an amazing comedian. Uh, he was a breakout star at BuzzFeed. He did Wine About It, which was his web series. And now he does To Be Honest. He wrote a book, and he has this podcast. And I produce it, and I'm also on mic for it, which is still terrifying. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. I was into
1: that because you're the first person that I've ever had on OPP who is also a uh, – I guess any person who's a kind of a independently doing their podcast is kind of producing their podcast – but for a publication or like a big network, mm-hmm. a producer, what what goes into your job as far as making that show come to life?
0: Yeah, well, now I work with a wonderful team of Matt and Melissa Slaughter, who's our producer. And sometimes we have interns helping us out, but it's mostly just Melissa and me and Matt. Um, and... We pick topics and Matt writes the deep dives, which is where we deep dive into like the one big topic we're going to vent about that day. Um, Matt finds all the worst things first stories, which are, it's our first segment uh, where we talk about the weirdest news that's happening. Um, So not like political stuff. It's like fugitive pigs Um, (laughs) and on on tomorrow's episode. Um, And then, so basically, like, Matt writes a lot of it. I write the intros and outros. And um, and then we interview a comedian, typically a comedian. Sometimes it's just, like, just someone we really like, basically. And we uh, usually do that. Sorry, I did this all backwards. We usually do that on a different day. And then we edit it all together. Okay. So Melissa does the first draft. Um, and then I do the second draft. And I just, before I came here, I finished uploading it to the distribution platform oh, and get it get a it hit schedule. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah. So a more concise way of saying that is uh we write it, we record every Thursday for the first two segments and our chasers, we usually interview a guest and try and like, you know, bank them and then edit it all together on Friday and Monday and upload on Tuesday.
1: Now uh you know Matt Belisai is the is the star of the show. Sure but is. as you being the producer, how did you kind of become a character and personality yeah. in the show as well how that happen?
0: so when we were developing the show like two years ago two and a half really um we knew that matt was going to be the central focus but he wanted someone to bounce off of basically his straight man um like someone
1: oh that's fine
0: oh, okay um basically just someone he who could react to him um and so it doesn't sound like he's just alone in a studio. Yeah. And we were throwing out ideas and he was like, what? We, we just came to the conclusion that like, it probably would be easiest to just have me do it. Um, and so we started doing it.
1: And what was that adjustment or any any adjustment? Was that for you to be behind the scenes um, for the majority of your career, for all of your career? And then now you're,
0: you know, because
1: yeah. you, know, you know what's interesting is uh, shout out to uh, Sadie May. Who's uh, who works here at OPP. She does yeah. the social media. For OPP, she's awesome. But she's a big fan of Unhappy Happy Hour. And she was the one who said, oh my God, you should have Barry oh, uh, be on crazy. the show. I love her so much. <laughs> and she identifies with you and your personality. Um, obviously with Matt as well. But the first person she said to reach out to was, was you. Uh, how does that feel to come from being behind the scenes So now you have fans and people who adore you for you being you.
0: It's so it's it's surreal um, because there are also a lot of people who don't like me, <laughs> and it's hard to focus on the people like Sadie who like reach out every week or and then like follow up on things we say and stuff. And it's so fun. Um, it was really scary at first. I've done voiceover stuff um, as a journalist. You know, I've reported pieces and that kind of stuff. I'm super comfortable with because it's writing like I'm writing it and then I'm reading it and I can make it sound like it's not being read. That's a skill in and of itself. And I'm good at that. What I'm was not as good at and I'm still trying to improve on is being conversational on that podcast specifically, because it's a lot of times Matt reading something and me reacting to it. I'm by no means an improv comedian, so it can be daunting at times, but it's it's taught me a lot about how to be on mic yeah. Uh and it's it's taught me a lot about not reading comments. <laughs> um, and also, just like, I think one of the best moments, because, you know, I'm, Matt and I are very good friends in real life, and we travel for Unhappy Hour. We tend to go to LA like twice a year. Yeah. And almost every time that we're in an airport, Matt will get recognized. Um, and it's almost always Matt for his videos. And then this one time, I was coming out of the bathroom at LAX, and Matt was talking to these two people, and Matt was like, oh, yeah, and here's Barry. And they were like, oh, my God, because they were like, we just went on a road trip and we listened to all of Unhappy Hour. And that was – we don't do a lot of live shows. We've done two. So I don't ever really meet listeners outside of the Internet. Yeah. And the Internet is also full of things I hate. So I don't – I'm not – I try not to be on it all that much. So that was, like, an, an incredible feeling. I was just like, oh, this is something that people listen to. <laughs> um, it's, like, complete stranger.
1: Uh, are there any exciting segments – Uh, that that are on the show that listeners can tune into and be excited for?
0: Like coming up or... Or just
1: segments in general, like regular segments.
0: Yeah, I love our deep dives. Um, Deep dive is we pick a topic and Matt writes a whole thing about how much that topic sucks usually. Or like, for instance, uh, what was a good one? Well, we just did one about being tall. (laughs) Um, That one was fine. But I, I love our deep dives. Just Matt is so funny and it is wild to me that he's able to come up with those deep dive segments every single week and able to write them every single week like he is just so good yeah. <laughs> he's so talented um and I love those and I love reacting to them um and I do really enjoy our interviews too uh we just I mean we get to have people we really love on and uh sometimes they're you know it sometimes it sounds like Matt has been best friends with this person for years other times it's Uh, like I don't know. It's just it's great. It's really fun. So I'd say the deep dives are probably the the best part of the show.
1: Now, Barry, we've come to a point uh in the show where it's called our podcasters' picks, where I ask the guests of today's show to give me their top three favorite podcasts. Great, and uh, describe them to the audience. So, what are your podcasters' picks?
0: Okay, I want to preface this by saying I go through phases. It depends on how much, it depends on what show I'm on and how much I'm producing and okay. editing. Um, because if I'm editing a lot, I don't listen to podcasts as much. Cause it's like, I can only think cr- critically. I'm like, Oh, I would have done this differently. Oh, I would have, right, you know right, what right, I mean? Right, right. Um, but right now I'm not doing a ton of editing. And so the things I tend to listen to are why won't you date me? <laughs> which is Nicole Byers okay. chat show. Well, she has a bunch of podcasts but this one is do you know nicole byer no she's a comedian and she's fucking hilarious i love her so much she has the netflix show nailed it
1: yeah okay yeah, yeah yeah, all right all right yeah, all right yes yeah, yeah
0: so she has a podcast called why won't you date me that's about dating uh but she gets really amazing comedians on and they're it, she is someone who truly like she can sit down with anyone and make it seem like they are best Friends, she's so that is that is hard. You're very good at it, like, it oh, is, it is. No, really, though, no. it's just like very easy. I hate your ass, no, but uh, so she just has all these comedians on, and they're always just like such fun, fun, dumb conversations that I just enjoy listening to while I'm cooking and stuff. That's that's like a fun one
1: is it enjoyable because it takes you away uh, from maybe like the stress of the day where you, yeah. you kind of, it's like m- mentally freeing?
0: Yeah. Also, honestly, I've been with my partner, Alex and I have been together for five years. Uh, I haven't dated since I was in college. So I still, I just don't have dating experience in my like twenties. <laughs> yeah. Cause I've been with Alex for five years. Um, so it's fun just to hear about their dating stuff (laughs) Uh, living through them yeah yeah without having to live through the like Like, i had a one night stand yeah but i didn't yeah and like also it's because it's nicole buyer it's like it's usually like ridiculous scenarios that she's in um like my favorite is a date where she went to the airport to go to the and they bought the cheapest plane tickets to go to guy fieri's restaurant which is so fucking, I realized I could do that with Alex, but like <laughs> that's so funny. Um, and I don't hear about that anywhere else. Uh, so why won't you date me? Uh, hosted by Nicole Byer is probably one of my faves. Um, there is a scripted, a fiction show that I really love and I recommend and scream from the Mountaintops any chance I get, which, so there is a, podcast called the truth so you have to look for the truth first okay um and that is a fiction show where like each episode is a different story but they also do series on the show so there's a five part series standalone series on the truth called the body genius and it is a noir comedy about a hollywood fitness trainer who is framed for a murder okay and he's trying to um What's pr- he's trying to prove his innocence by figuring out who actually killed the client.
1: Hosted by who? No, it's
0: a it's a fiction show. There's no host. No, it's not like a fake podcast. It's just like I I'm this person.
1: Oh I'm... wait wait wait. Okay, so, so so the person's just talking.
0: Yeah, it's like because like in noir film, there's the narrator who's like, Ugh, and the shades were drawn and the blah blah blah. That's a terrible noir impression. <laughs> <laughs> it's like not at all. I uh, just I blended two noir aspects, which is the lighting from shades and the narration. But um, You're so he, so he narrates it. The main character like narrates it like a noir. Got you. But it's okay. a comedy, and it's, I got you. It's five episodes, and. Uh, my dad, I, if I had my phone out, I would, I would read it to you. My dad texts me. He was like, just listen to it. This is fake. Right. And I was like, yes. And he was like, okay, good. The guy is so dumb, but it's so funny. And like, he was like, really reminds me of when we would sit around a radio listening to dramas. And I was like, I don't think you were that old, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, it's, it's great. Um, everyone who I've recommended it to, has enjoyed listening to it. Okay,
1: all right. That's and, that's number two. And what's your third?
0: My third, um, for my third, it's going to be a tie between Heavyweight and Script Notes. Okay. Heavyweights is a Gimlet show. I'm sure other people have recommended. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just it's just one of the best written shows. D- describe it. Okay, it's Jonathan Goldstein, who is a writer, and he basically. What there's like a conflict and he solves the conflict or attempts to, and then this is—it's it, not even like the premise of the show to me doesn't even matter because you're just there to hear his beautiful writing and the production. Yeah. Um. And I just even if the story is kind of flat, I'm always engaged in his storytelling. Um. And the the production team there is so good, uh. And and I f- think they have a real talent for taking ordinary stories and making them beautiful yeah so i love that show um and then script notes is another chat show hosted by john august and craig mazin who hosted the chernobyl podcast uh emmy winner craig mazin he just (laughs) won the emmy for chernobyl i produced the chernobyl podcast anyway um but i've i've been like trying to write more and it's a show for screenwriters but like john august wrote big fish he he's like uh, he's done a bunch of stuff, and Craig Mazin obviously just won an Emmy for a show he wrote the entire series for. Um, and they just like have great conversations about writing in a way that like you really usually would go to grad school for. Just like super valuable conversations about screenwriting, that even though I don't write for screenwriting. I'm still like, it's been really helpful for me when plotting out narrative Mm. in, in podcasting. So, uh, that's technically four, but I did those two because those are two also like really big shows and I like, I like shouting out little guys too, but those are two big shows that I also like.
1: And Barry, before we get out of here, why do you podcast?
0: I podcast because it's the only thing that I can hear in my head and then make happen. Mm. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Barry Finkel, it's such an honor to have you on the podcast. Hey, thank you so much. Big fan of Unhappy Hour. Sadie Mae's a big fan of you as well. I'm a big fan I'm, of Sadie. I'm speaking vicariously through her. She like <laughs> adores you and loves you, and she thinks you're the best ever. <laughs> I do as well, but I'm just speaking as if I'm Sadie Mae right
0: now. Ah, uh, thank you so much.
1: <laughs> thank you, Sadie. Thank you. Yo, you're the best. Hey, yeah. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of OPP and to our special guest, Barry Finkel. This episode was mixed by Joshua Coleman. Be sure to leave us a positive rating in the Apple app and let us know your favorite podcast in the review section. Let us know who you think we should have as a guest on the show. Lastly, before we get out of here, be sure to check out my other show, Silent Giants. Silent Giants highlights the superstars behind the scenes of popular culture, and I provide the links to that in the description of this episode. I'm your host, Corey Cambridge. God bless y'all. Till next time.